I'm talking to you today about some of the great principles to live by, and we're, and we're in the middle of an emphasis on five habits that are a part of the lives of highly effective Christians. I mean, you want to you wanna know what, what makes a highly effective Christian? Well, of course, it's, it's trusting Christ, but the five habits that we've mentioned so far is giving Jesus Christ first place in our lives as Lord every day, and then also as we trust him and depend on him to allow him to have his way by giving him for the first portion of our day and then to spend some time with him and then to give him the first day of our week. And now we're talking about giving him the first portion of our income, 10%, the Bible says, of what we receive as income we should give back to him. Some people say, well, now, should I give God 10% before taxes are taken out and all the other things? Well, you can do that if you want to, and I'm not going to argue with you about it, but I've always given God 10% off the top because I want more blessings. I want to be, he says, bring all the tithe into the storehouse, and I'll pour out a blessing from heaven, and I want God to bless me, and I want God to effectively work in my life, and so I just figure if I go all out and do it, that way there's no question. And it's been debated whether the 10% should be before anything else comes out or after all the other things come out. But I believe, for me at least, it's to give it first. But you make your choice. And Jesus said, given it shall be given to you. And he emphasized that over and over and over again. And so I emphasize that to you. These habits have to become a part of our lives. And, and my wife and I decided when we got married that one of our habits was going to be giving God 10%. And so we, we have done it once a week or we've done it once a month. Right now we give once a month, once a month. On the last Sunday of each month, uh, I write a check. And I know don't, most people don't write checks anymore, but that's, uh, I'm, I'm an old guy with old habits, so I still write checks. But I write a check for our, our money that we give and our tithe that we give to the church and and we give it, and that's, that's a habit that we've developed. That's what we do. It's just a part of our lives as much as eating or sleeping or, or whatever else we have as habits. Now, I want to mention habit number five, and that's to give the Lord Jesus first consideration in all of our decisions. Proverbs 3, 6 says, In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. I think it's really important for us to recognize that if we're going to be an effective Christian, we have to give Jesus Christ the opportunity to guide us in all the decisions of our lives, the major decisions of our lives, and to let him lead us. And so if, if we begin to do that, it will make a decision. I mean, it will make our decisions so much easier. Sometimes we have decisions that are hard. When I make decisions between, like I, when I made a decision to leave Oklahoma and come to Houston as pastor. It was not an easy decision, but as we prayed, as we trusted God, he gave us peace about what we should do, and that's what he will do. But we have to, in all our ways, acknowledge. If you want to be have, his, have him direct your paths, you have to, in all your ways, acknowledge him. You can't do that unless you trust him. I had a real close pastor friend who was older and was one of my mentors when I was trying to make a decision one time, and I said, I'm really afraid I might make the wrong decision. 
he said to me, he said, if you will trust the Lord with all your heart, he won't allow you to make a wrong decision. And that really made a difference for me because I was so fearful that I would make the wrong decision and mess up my life and hurt my children because I wanted to be where God wanted me to be, doing what God wanted me to do. So I went back to praying in a whole different attitude, saying, Lord, thank you that I can have assurance that if I trust in you, you will not allow me to make a wrong decision. You will guide me in making the right decision. You will give me the peace and the direction and the wisdom that I need to make the decision that will glorify you. And so that was, that was what I began to do. So I just challenge you, these habits are really important, and they will, they will transform your life. And so I encourage you to really take them seriously. And just following up on this last part that I just mentioned about guidance, uh, I want to talk to you about God's will and how you can know God's will and how you can have God's will in your life. And the Bible talks about this a lot. But in the book of Romans, chapter 12, it's especially mentioned. For there in chapter 12, Uh, Paul is writing to the Roman believers, and he says, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed through the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Paul says, I want to tell you how you can know God's will for your life. As a pastor, I was asked constantly, Pastor, uh, I've got to make this decision about this or that. What do you think God wants me to do? And, of course, unless it's a matter of right and wrong or it's spelled out in the Bible, I can't tell you what God wants you to do. And don't let anybody else do that. You and God determine what you're supposed to do because he will guide you. Now, the first thing you have to understand is that the, what the Bible says about God's will, and this has to become a conviction, and that's what Paul says here, God's will is good. It's not bad. I'm amazed at how many people think if they do God's will, they will be miserable. But the opposite is true. If you do God's will, you have purpose and meaning in your life. It's kind of like food. Sometimes we laughingly say, if it tastes good, spit it out because it's probably not good for you. And that's kind of how a lot of people think about God's will. If it's God's will, spit it out because it's not going to be good. But it is good. Paul says God's will is good. And that needs to become a true understanding in our lives. It's kind of like a student who said to me, well, if I, if I let God direct my life, I'll never get what I want in life. He will spoil my plans. He will make me something I don't want to be. Well, I don't think so. Not if you come to him with a heart of openness and surrender. He'll give you a want to to be what he wants you to be. And he will give you the power to become that. One girl said to me one time, a teenage girl, well, if I really follow God and get his direction, I'll probably have to marry a creep. I said, well, what kind of God do you think you serve who wants to give you a creep for a husband? No, that's not the way it's going to be. You're going to think he's the greatest man who ever lived. See, God does not work that way. His will is good. It's good. 
And that's what's really important. So I want you to settle in on that and think about that. And, and that, let that be today. You know, God has a perfect will, and it's good. And that will he wants me to see is good. Think about how good it is and how he wants to make your life worth living. And as you do so, just trust him, and he'll guide you today. God bless you. Have a great day and a great week.